0: In the meantime, today's study continues the topic of unity as we continue our journey through the book of Ephesians. We'll be in chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. Let's dig in. Sitting here on my desk, oftentimes, is a candle. I love candles. Now, this one in particular, I got from one of my favorite stores, TJ Maxx, and it is Warm Tobacco Pipe. Now, I think I'm the only person in the family who likes this smell because it smells like my pipe. But the good news is, is it doesn't put the smell of smoke from the pipe all through the house. And so whenever no one's home from the family, I'll light this and get work done. And I just have this thing about candles. Now, the other day I ran across this story from Max Lucado where he describes a time. Now... I think this is a fairy tale, but Max Lucado describes a time where an electrical storm was moving through the neighborhood and he and his wife lost electricity. So his wife sends him into the closet in order to get uh, some candles. And so he goes into the closet, he lights four candles and is about to bring them out. But as he starts to take those candles out of the closet, they start speaking to him. Now, that's why this is a a fairy tale. This didn't really happen. But as Lucado tells the story, he says that these four candles started speaking to him. And the first one said, you know, you can't take me out of this closet. And Lucado said, why? Why can't I take you out of this closet? And the candle responds, I can't come out of the closet because I'm not ready yet. I need more time to prepare. And so Lucado looked at the second one and said, why can't, why can't you come out of the closet? And the second candle said, well, "I have so many important meetings to attend, and and I need to get better organized. I'm just I'm just not ready yet." So he asked the third one, "Okay, what about you? Uh, can you come out of the closet?" "No, no, 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 no." The third candle said, "I'm I'm still trying to get my life together. Right? I can be a bit of a hothead." So the fourth one said, "Being a light, being a light of the world is it's not my gift." That candle said that candle said, I'm a, I'm a singer. And so the candle began singing, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And so all of the other candles soon joined in and all four of them were singing this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And finally, in frustration, Max started blowing out the candles just as they were getting to the part of the song where it says, I, I won't let Satan blow me out. I'm going to let it shine. So Lucado walks out of the closet and, and bumps into his wife along the way and and the story ends with this conversation. She says, "Well, where are the candles?" And Lucado says, "I, I don't know. They, they don't. They, they wouldn't work. Where did you buy these candles at, anyway?" And she said, "They're church candles." There are moments I think where we have been instructed to be light in dark places, but oftentimes it seems as though church candles like me and you have a lot of excuses as to why we're not doing it. I'm not prepared. I'm too busy. Got a lot of other things going on right now. It's not my gift. You can't take me out of the closet. I'm trying to get my life together. When I have my life together, I'll do it. This idea of light is foundational to the Christian faith, but the idea of being light in darkness is also foundational to where we find ourselves this morning in Ephesians chapter five, verses eight through fourteen, where Paul says, "This you were once full of darkness, but now you have light of the world, light from the world, light from the Lord. So live as people of light." This is though Paul is saying you have no excuse. Once you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you come out of darkness into light and it is then now your responsibility to turn around and be that light to other people in the darkness. Verse nine, for this light within you produces only what is good and only what is right and only what is true. You don't have to be afraid of light. You don't have to be afraid of What is within you? And the truth of the matter is, Paul says that the light doesn't come from you. It comes from God and comes from the Lord. And so all you simply have to do is be willing to let your light shine. Go into the darkness and just be you. And because the light within you is good and right and true, you will be those things as well in dark and needful places. Verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. This is, this is an interesting statement because now Paul is saying you have a role and you have a, a bit of a responsibility here to discern what's going to make God happy. And who doesn't want to make God happy, right? Well, Paul says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. He's He's saying that some of you are choosing intentionally to live in darkness, to not let your light shine, to hide your light under a bushel, as the old song, rather than let it shine, right? Paul says no. No, that's not okay. Paul says no. No, I'm not I'm not going to stand for that. Take no part in the darkness instead expose them. Now, the truth of the matter is that idea of exposing them, um, it feels a little bit uncomfortable. Most of us aren't comfortable with exposing darkness, with exposing worthless deeds of evil, and most of us aren't comfortable with other people who do that as well. We certainly want to be people of compassion and kindness. We certainly need to be people of love and patience and endurance and gentleness, but that also does not mean that we are not people of truth and kind confrontation. Paul says, to be a light sometimes means that you are one who intentionally exposes darkness, Um, bit of self-transparency here. It's difficult to do, Um, but it is something that as of late, I have been trying very hard to do, to be a light in darkness and to expose darkness. Sometimes that darkness has been in the world and in culture But oftentimes, that darkness has has been in the church or in church people or in people who name the name of Jesus Christ, but live in darkness rather than live in light. And that's uncomfortable. I've seen the response when I've brought light to darkness on Facebook and one-on-one conversations Sometimes I'll admit that I was also allowing a little bit of darkness into how I communicated. It wasn't every time fully light-filled and kind-exposing. And in those moments, I redressed my words. In those moments, I sought forgiveness and those moments, I changed my way. And yet, I'm not relieved from the responsibility of needing to expose darkness with light and with truth. And neither are you. I could be like that candle that said, I'm not prepared. I could be like that candle that says, no, I'm too busy. That's somebody else's job. I could be like, that candle that said, no, no, that's, that's not my gift. Or I could be like that candle that said, you know, I, have got to get my life together first. I can be a bit of a hothead. Paul doesn't give us an out here. He doesn't qualify it. He doesn't allow us to have any excuses. Seemingly, it says, it's your responsibility to expose darkness with light. You've got a clear responsibility We've got a clear responsibility to expose darkness to light. Verse 12. It's shameful. It's shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. He's saying it's shameful, really, what happens in darkness. And this this isn't just the world. Paul is speaking here also of the church and church people as well. It's shameful, Paul says. It's not of Christ, and it's not okay. And so we can't let ourselves off the hook thinking that Paul may not be talking about us. Paul may be talking about us. And it's shameful. But those evil intentions their evil intentions, verse 13 says, will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. That's why it is so important that we be light in dark places, that we be light in dark conversations, that we be light in dark communities, that we be light in dark churches, that we be light in dark friendships, that we be light in dark relationships, that we work hard to make everything visible, not for our own glory, but because God says you have a responsibility to be light and you have a responsibility to be present with your light in dark places. That's why it is said, Paul finishes here in verse 14, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now, Paul could have been rewording a verse from Isaiah or or another place or two in the Old Testament, but it it seems as though more so that what Paul has done here when he says this is why it's said, is he has given us a saying that was repeated often in the early church. Perhaps it was part of a hymn, perhaps it was part of a A colloquialism that said, we don't know. But what Paul does here is clue us in that there is this saying that most people would have known, at least most people to whom he was writing to, and it's this awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You may be one of those four candles. You're too busy you're not prepared, you're a hothead, or you don't feel like it's your gift, and Paul says, you know what? Wake up, get up, and be light. Christ will give you light. There it is. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. This Bible study from the book of Ephesians is brought to you by Christ's Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy-to-follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation. Our mission, that's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. And when you get over to Christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, I've got a resource box that I'm going to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ's Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our step-by-step study through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well over at www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young and this is The Christ Table Podcast.